is Business Fever NG Podcast, episode 44. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. Hi guys, welcome to the show again. Um, my name is Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. On today's topic, I'll be talking to you guys about why I stopped uh, doing event catering. Now, obviously, this is my own personal experience, and I'm not professional, but this is just my mindset why I stopped doing it. So, the the first, I mean, there are multiple reasons I'm going to touch on, but the first thing was I felt like most of the times I was getting jobs, I was competing based on price. And um, that's almost like a battle that you're not going to win because somebody at some point might just undercut, just price things differently, maybe because they don't know how to price things. Maybe they have discounts that they don't have, or maybe they just want to acquire that customer. And I felt like if I wasn't able to make the right margins, why do the job in the first place? You know, and I also, I, I mean, the argument to you do a one wedding, a big wedding, you can get multiple jobs from that. So that might be the reason why you might want to undercut your price. But I also feel like once you start off at a low price, for example, most customers will talk to their friends and then it may be a challenge to raise your price up. So most times, especially with events, I feel like there's a budget for certain things and um, the kind of food I was offering isn't the main dish for the most part. You know, it's not the rice, it's not the chicken, it's barbecue, which comes maybe like later on towards chill inside. So, so there's always a budget and they're looking for the best value. And I felt like I didn't always want to be put in a place where I had to make that decision if I was going to think long-term and say, let me acquire more customers or at the risk of not making the margins I'm supposed to make right now. So one thing was I didn't like the competition based on pricing and some can do it. Um, I just can't. And, you know, I have different overheads. We all have different overheads, but I just didn't like the idea of competing based on pricing. Second thing was the stress was way too much for me. You know, I always feel like you have to choose your battlefield and me being a restaurant owner means that like, that's my main wall. That's the, that's the main battlefield. Now, when I was doing jobs, cause it's so intense, you know, and usually you're going there with, you know, one or two key staff and a lot of, um, they, they hires like ad hoc staff. It's usually very chaotic and a lot of stress tied to that and things always go wrong. You know, it could be the timing of, co- uh, of serving changes. It could be the weather comes shitty. It could be you don't have enough tables there. Equipment's are malfun- malfunctioning. So that stress was just way too much for me that I preferred the pace of the restaurant. Like I knew, I mean, we had everything in place to like um, run any kind of a situation at the restaurant that whenever we're doing jobs, I felt like, in fact, most jobs required me to be there because I was able to catch mistakes before they happened or I was able to adjust to whatever limitations we have at the site, you know, um, and I just didn't do very well with stress. So I was a crazy, you know, most jobs now, also because of the type of food we're serving, most times we'll be serving later on in the evening, you know, which means when DJ, when the DJ starts playing, so you're running at, you know, 8 p.m. till 10, 11. And most times we'd have to pack everything up, take it back to the restaurant, you know, um, which usually meant we're working till 11, 11.30, and I didn't like that, and then we had work the next day. 
you know, and it put pressure on also the guys in the office because the guys in the office had to wait back for the, the team that went out to help them offload. Um, so it was just stressful for me and I just said no to that. Another issue we had was um, ad hoc staff. Now, there was a main waiter that had a crew that he always brought with him. And there were times where they just had to switch the people up because they were just not available at that time. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you bring in folks who you meet, maybe like who you just met into like a client's house or venue, you, you, you're pretty much responsible for their behavior. And these are folks that, it's not like a racket, but they all know each other. You know, um, they know how to switch foods with each other. You know, they know, they just, they know everything. These are guys who do this constantly. So I, I never liked the fact that I was always bringing people in that I couldn't really vouch for. Um, and it was always how they're going to act, you know, temperament. Are they going to be taking food from other people? Are they going to steal things? Are they going to take pictures? You know, um, especially when dealing with like a high profile client. So I never really liked that. Now we could say maybe, I wasn't able to crack having a professional team. Maybe that's it. But again, it's two war fronts. Which one do you want to focus on? I wanted to focus on my restaurant, which is why I did that. I didn't think that um, I had enough resources to focus on both the restaurant and also a catering team. Now, some folks who do events regularly might have a team. But again, if you're, you know, you, you have jobs every weekend and you're seeing your waiters only on Saturdays, what kind of lifestyle do they have Monday through Friday? You know, and it, it might just take a situation for them to get triggered. So that's one thing I didn't really, I wasn't very, very comfortable with. Um, I also noticed a trend in um, caterers who do a lot with their presentation. And I think it's fantastic. It's good for branding. I just didn't have that mindset. You know, I would just go in basic stuff and then serve basic stuff. And, I won't say I was ashamed of my presentation because my focus was somewhere else. But I, I, I realized that to really excel in a catering industry, you have to invest in your branding, your tables, not your tables, your, um, presentation, your, 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 your serving trays, you know, all those things, your uniforms. And this is things that I didn't think I wanted to invest in because again, my primary, um, hustle would be just a restaurant. And, you know, people have like wooden trays, you know, well branded. I'm like, this is all money and this is heavy investment. So I didn't want to do that. And I felt like it wasn't the right space for me because at the end of the day, my food might be the best burger, for example. But if the presentation is not as good as Mr. X, never going to get jobs. So I stopped doing, again, one reason why I stopped doing that was also because my presentation wasn't on point. I had challenges with a few jobs where they'll give you a set time. And then they tell you that, oh, let's hold off for like an hour or so. So what will happen once you meet the bugger? What will happen once you start frying the chips? You know, you cannot, you cannot keep these things warm because it will dry up or they will get cold and you don't have a microwave there. So it, it was always a challenge to serve. Like what time are we serving? You know, in fact, what I started doing was once the DJ started playing, I would just start serving the food because I felt like if we didn't serve at the point where people could notice that we're serving, then it would almost be as if we were never there. And um, most times event planners are very busy doing a thousand other things that, that they might forget you. And most weddings now, or most events now have multiple vendors. 
that they're not lacking of food and variety. You know, um, they have enough options for that. So, and the last thing you want to do is be serving food at the, at the end of the night when most folks are just like, they're not really trying to eat. Then it would be like you have a lot of leftovers. So it's always trying to get the right time. And most times I would disobey the, I would, I would disobey the event planners because they almost forgot about us. What they would do is they would maybe have like a, an usher like assigned to us. They tell us, okay, don't even start serving right now. And then you're looking at time is eight o'clock, it's nine o'clock, it's nine thirty. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait till 10 o'clock and then we'll start rushing. Cause you also can't, we kind of, we cook in batches, you know, that there's only so much we can actually put out. So if we're serving like a hundred um, plates, for example, right? Um, we're not going to cook a hundred burgers down. Ideally, we shouldn't. So we'll probably be thinking maybe like 20, doing about 25 or 30 at a time. So if we're to serve, let's say at 10, then maybe by 8.30, we start prepping. Or we even start grilling and wrapping things up in fall paper. So you don't tell me at 9.45, oh yeah, I start at 10 o'clock. It doesn't work that way. You know, that's with my own uh, menu. So half the time, I would just gauge and say, okay, parties jumping. Um, this is for weddings. For, you know, party for home parties or like uh, non-wedding events, it's a bit different. But I still stopped it because it would be the same thing where they will say start serving or they will say as a guest is coming in, serve the guest. I'm not going to light up my grill just to make one burger. You know, I cannot just fry one chips in an alaste burner it doesn't make sense you know so those are part of the challenges that we have so i'm sure if you're doing rice shallow fries fried rice you know you have a shopping dishes it's a bit different and i guess i could have used shopping dishes as well too so maybe that might be that could have been me not investing in equipment but i always felt like the best way to serve my food is right off the grill or right after frying you know it wasn't going to stay out and wait a bit long um yeah all, so the menu I'm serving, burgers, barbecue, you know, again, these are things that are good served off the grill. So they might depend on the kind of menu items you have, but I didn't like the, I wasn't too happy with the quality of product we were pushing up because there were times when, and by the way, we would smoke all our chicken in the office, wrap it up in proper and put it in the cooler and then finish it off at the site. So, and most times you're in the start like maybe like three, four hours before the event starts because they want you to be there on time. You know, um, there was no way we could carry our smoker to events. Now, again, there's some guys who have their trailers so they can do the other side, but I, it, I didn't invest in that. So that was one of my challenges. And I didn't want to be a guy who's grilling on site because that's not going to give us the same kind of quality products we're known for, you know? Um, so yes, I mean, that's that. The other thing about, event is i feel like there's a it's a bit controversial saying this but i think there's a network of people that you have to be like in with and i don't know how to play that game that's the only kind of person that i am but you almost have to like certain no you have to network right and there's nothing wrong with that but if you're not in that circle if you don't know how to get in that circle then it'll be tough for you to get jobs you know um because when Event planners are the ones, and the gatekeepers at the end of the day, you know. And if you've had a bad bad experience with them, then they might blacklist you, or they might just not put a good word in uh, for you. So, if you want to do events, my recommendation would be definitely get to know the top players and make sure that you're in good standing with them, and they keep you top of mind. I wasn't really about that life anyway, and 
I also, in a weird way, feel like most event plan, most event caterers, they have a shorter lifespan. And restaurants have a short lifespan as well, too. And there's no doubt about that. But I think that because there's always a trend of the next best thing, um, best service, best ushers, best uniform, best plating, all that, an event caterer who doesn't adapt or grow will be played out of the market. You know, um, I mean, what I say is the folks who were catering like 50, 10 years ago, where are they now? You know, they might have evolved or they might have moved over for the new guys to come in. Now, if you're a good restaurant, I mean, and you're in business, you have longevity if you stay in business, if you can stay in business. You know, so I, I felt like a, a, a tougher uh, nut to crack would have been a successful restaurant rather than, rather, rather than a successful event catering business because those ones would change, you know, um, at the point where people within your age group you know, your contacts, your event planners, like they move on for new people. They got to bring their own people in. It's like a government, you know, when a new government comes in, new folks are coming in, you know, and um, so I, I didn't want to be caught in that race where I would have maybe, you know, five years, six years of like, of a good run. And then somebody else comes in and beats us up because, you know, maybe they have a fancier plate than we do, or maybe they're offering better services you know anyway so that's just my own take as well so i would always recommend that a business needs to decide what field they want to play in now i'm not sure if there are any successful event caterers who also have restaurants as well i'm sure there are um but i i think the only way to successfully do this is to almost treat it as as separate businesses and have different teams for this because to run a restaurant is a different ball game and to be an event planner is a different ball game and a different stress levels as well. So if you have the resources to build a different team, build a management structure for both, then definitely go ahead and do it. But I think is that there's a better, a bigger bet would be to invest in a in a daily sales, you know, brick and mortar, or just online. But I think that's there's more longevity in that because you build customers. You know, now if you want to cash in, do events because events is straight profit well straight profit because at the end of the day you know you made x amount of money in fact they paid you before you do everything anything you know um the other thing i don't like about events is i felt like there was the currency at the back with the event plan with the with the caterers especially the employees or the waiters is the food they're serving you know um, it could be the drinks they're serving as well too and i didn't like the fact that I felt guilty not giving other people my product. Now, they're not the ones who contracted us to come out, but there's like a, I felt there was a, there was a code where it's like, okay, I will give you my food, you give me your food, you know. Um, and myself was like, if the catering was for like 100 plates, I might bring like 110 plates, you know, and I'll serve 110 plates. And that 110 plates needs to go to key players, the, 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 the guest of the um of the client not the other employees or the other caterers so i always had those issues um and it was just a mess and i felt like there was always i mean yeah anyway so that's pretty much why i stopped doing events and i wanted to focus on just the restaurant and i think it's i don't regret it i i think every business needs to decide again what field they want to play in and they have to master that field because it's a, it's a different business strategy you have to have doing events. And I think events easily, um, it, it 
it, it makes things a bit, it, it gives you a false sense of comfort. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because, you know, you get booked three, four times, you know, a week and you're making money. And, you know, again, you're using one main kitchen to produce all these things and you just have to have extra staff and you just serve. But I, I don't think, I'm sure some folks have been able to scale up, but I just didn't, I didn't think I could do that. So that was why I stopped doing events. Um, that's why I also think that if you were to do events, you should really think hard about it to say where you want to go. Um, if you want to be a restaurant owner, don't do events. <laughs> that's my advice. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for the time again. Um, Till next time, have a wonderful week. Ciao. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com. Share the link with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. Join us again on Monday for a new podcast. Thank you.